there are people that are, from what I've seen, there are people who are built to, to really push the boundaries. And there are people who are good at being in their comfort zone and they're content with that. And, and it's being okay with that diversity. It's not everyone needs to push the boundaries and not everyone needs to get out of their comfort zone. It depends where you are in your life at what, what point. Welcome to the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Mark. And my name is Ryan. And today we talk to Husa about music and freedom of expression. Husa Al-Homaini, what's um, the story of your name? My name? Husa uh, in Arabic technically means a piece of, right? But in uh, I'm from Kuwait. And Kuwait's history is uh, our resource pre-oil was uh, pearl diving and trade. So they used to name different kinds of pearls, certain names. Um, and Hassa is the, the pearl that it's in the, in the middle of a necklace. And it holds the necklace together. So it's kind of like the, the connector pearl. So that story has been told, about, told by my dad. And I'm not sure if that it's a true story, but I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> the connector pearl. Yeah. <laughs> and how would you introduce yourself in the, let's say, more American form? Like, what do you do? What's on your business card? How do you tell people what you do? All right. So I had, I had a lot of uh, trouble kind of putting a label on what I do. Um, if I do it like from a... Timeline perspective, I'm design and background. I graduated design communication and then I got into branding and I opened a branding firm that focuses on uh, brand identity and uh, brand culture development. But I also started an organization that um, a nonprofit for cultural development where we create a safe space for dialogue to discuss critical thinking, creative thinking in the Middle East and how do we nurture that together. So if I'm going to put a label, I would say I'm more of a cultural entrepreneur, I guess, or a social entrepreneur. Um, another label is a musician or a lover of sound. So whatever business card is appropriate in context, I'll hand out whatever <laughs> label works at that time. Do you, do you have multiple? I do have one for the branding agency and one for the organization Nukat. Yeah. Um, so I do have two, but... Um, I mean, I'd rather have... No musician business card yet. Well, not yet. <laughs> that is coming soon. <laughs> when your CD comes out. Yes. Well, now it's an uh, album. CDs are obsolete now. Yeah. Are they? Yes. Well, yeah. Welcome to... To iTunes. 2018. <laughs> to iTunes. Cryno cryogenically froze Mark for a few years <laughs> before this. So, my cassettes, I can't use those anymore? <laughs> That's right. I won't tell you who's president of the United States. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, um, there's um, a lot that you do. And um, why is it you do what you do? I'd love to hear three snappy reasons why. My love for freedom of expression and creative expression. Um, Storytelling, I guess, like finding what is the essence of what you're saying and, and putting it in a meaningful way. And um, community. 
So connecting a community and um, giving back to the community, I guess, like an exchange. I think these three things sum up why I do that. And now we get to choose one. And All we right, get to get let's that do that. Rod, what do you um, think? I like, I like to hear more about freedom of expression yeah. and what that means to you. Um, for me, freedom of expression is, is the ability to be authentic. And sometimes um, uh, we can be restricted um, by, you know, societal constraints or beliefs that we start to adopt. And, and therefore, people kind of hide behind those stories or these rules or these beliefs or these... Um, and, it, and it limits you from living your life fully um, in, a, in a happy or, um, let's say... Um, a more meaningful way and and that is the gift of, of being alive is to be able to express in in many ways whether it's through words whether it's through uh, works that you do um, arts music um, even as much as like creating products you know it's 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 a way of, of expressing who we are and I um, and and for me that's that was very important because I went through that restrictions in a way, um, and it's understanding how to get past it, whether it's my own or whether it's in, you know internal or external, it's understanding um, how do I get past that emotion or past that fear or past that belief, and that just builds you and your character and opens so many doors and potentials to, to experience the world in, a, in, a, in an unexpected way. Yeah. Um. And you paint this this rich gift that you get when you open these doors. And mm. at the same time, um, we always say that, that learning kind of happens and growth happens um, if you go beyond boredom and slightly before complete stress and anxiety. Mm. Um, but for many people, leaving that realm of comfort and, and stepping outside of what is the norm and what society puts up uh, or defines as important is really stressful and is against that platform of anxiety mm. so how do you deal with that wow that's a great question I mean I guess there are people that are from what I've seen there are people who are built to to really push the boundaries and there are people who are good at being in their comfort zone and they're content with that and and it's being okay with that diversity. It's not everyone needs to push the boundaries and not everyone needs to get out of their comfort zone. It depends where you are in your life at what, what point. For me, I think it was, it, it, it's just, it's built in me to always be curious and um, to always get past the, res the, the, the limitations. And I do, I do have a lot of anxieties. I mean, I, I suffer from anxiety. For, and, I, and I went through a phase of depression and, and um, uh, major anxiety disorder for a long time. And that, that time was my stagnation. And that time was a dark time where, you know, life is bleak. Um, you put your energy somewhere to just distract yourself from the world where you lose yourself a little bit. And then it's... Um, it's going through the motion. It's really understanding that anxieties, fears, 
um, any kind of negative emotion is a tool to propel you to go forward and not to resist it. So I used to resist anxieties, just kind of hold it and be like, it needs to go away, you know, how do I remove it? How do I get it out? But that's switching that and looking at it from an observer's perspective, looking at anxiety as, a, as an object within you and not, and, and you're not in it, you're kind of like behind it and trying to see what it's trying to tell you. And usually these emotions are, are flags in certain points of our lives. So I used to have a bad relationship with anxiety. I used to hate it and talk about, you know, I have a problem. But now it's, it's not really a problem. It's, it's a tool so that you can get into a better place. So it's just changing that mindset of, of looking at fears and looking at anxieties and these discomforts as, as a tool, as an object, rather than it's what I am or what I feel. I think that's what helped me the most. How much of your life is influenced by music? In percentage, like what? Yeah. What's the much? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hard to to quantify. I don't know. I mean, music is your heartbeat is a rhythm. You know, so in meditation, when you listen to your heart, that's music. You know, when you listen to the birds in the morning, that's music. What's the soundtrack of anxiety? Soundtrack of anxiety. That's a hard one. Um, it's just screechy sounds. It's it's hard. It's hard to pick a. I I don't know. On top of my head, I can't pick something. But it's just loud noises that that distract you from any other noise. Any other sound, any other voice. Flex harmony, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very it's it's dissonance at its peak. I feel. Yeah. Does and so does in the world of music does that have a does that kind of dissonance for you have a purpose uh, in the world of music? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So so a, a really beautiful piece is is a build up. It's a story, right? So you always have a peak where you get that tension, um, you know, whether it's good tension or whether it's bad, if it's a high note or, you know, if you're on a scale and it's, you know, you, you, you go on a minor scale and then you want to end it more happily with a major scale, it gives a good contrast to an ending or to a release, um, whether it's in the storyline of the song or whether it's, 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 in, it's, it's what you give the audience to kind of... Um, you know, contract so that they can expand and, and, and provide that contrast, I feel. And it's always within that contrast that you find the other end, right? So, you know, um, the concept of peace wouldn't exist if war doesn't exist, right? So there's no good or bad. So the concept of or, or the dissonance or the anxiety or, the, um, or, the, or that con contraction will not allow the existence of the concept of expansion. So it's, it's providing that experience so that you can
compare it to the other, I guess. So does that happen if you're designing, like, if you're branding, if you're doing something with community, if you're writing a song, do you design for the ugly as well? No, actually, I just kind of let it go, let it flow mm -hmm. sometimes. I really don't think about the tension. It just comes naturally on how you want to um, take them through the you, you know, the, the you experience. That's mm -hmm. the shape, right? So, or, or the upside down. Um, Otto Scharmer, I think, wrote a yeah. book about it. Um, and, but, but in a different way. He wrote it about it more of like the to design things, to yeah. user experience. But it's finding that pain point and then going around that. But um, So how do these different, different disciplines, the marketing discipline, the community, music, how do they inform each other or inspire each other? So I, I learned a lot from improvisation and music. Um, when I improvise with musicians, it helped me a lot to understand harmony, um, timing, intuitive timing on when to come in and when to step out, um, and, and deep listening, and also to just go with the flow, um, to not be like, you know, when you're playing something like, oh, no, 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 stop, stop, I need to play that again, because uh, it didn't, you cannot do that. In, in, <laughs> in improvisation, you have to just keep so going. So you don't have that on your CD, a moment where you... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> He's um, really pushing for CDs. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know, know, right? It's yeah. coming back. I, I still <laughs> have shares in the <laughs> CD company. <laughs> need to get you on Spotify, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's first understanding that, that harmony and, and, um, connecting and and allowing for mistakes but also moving on um, and not to always want to step up and not to always want to step back I think I learned that a lot in, in improv and in music and I brought that a lot into my work and to working with the team and also working within the community um, and understanding everybody has a different sound um, and how each sound comes in with the others so I feel these two really helped me kind of find, you know, come together. Whereas in branding, it's 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 very much, um, again, it's storytelling and finding the essence of why people do what they do. So it's um, starting with the why. Again, I was influenced a lot by Simon Sinek's work. Um, so you, so you, I, I was going to clients and really try to decipher and capture what is it that they're doing and why is it that they're doing and then articulating that and putting it together in a consistent story to to really kind of uh, polish the gem of what they're trying to say so the storytelling aspect can also play into music music the dynamics of music of how, it, how a song starts builds up and then fades away also comes into the storytelling essence and then you use that to communicate with your community but you also listen to them in your form of communication. So I, I feel like, you know, the, the three of them for me really made me understand how to bring in these different um, traits. What would you like to achieve? What is your goal? Right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well... See, that's interesting because I'm in a transitional point of view, so transitional point. So um, goals shift and change. Um, my goal a while back is, is to, to, to build that community and be part of that community. 
of, of creative thinkers in, in the Middle East. Um, and I feel we relatively achieved that right now. So right now my goal is to continue on this journey of self-discovery um, with no labels and expectations. And I think that for me is a challenge. As much as I'd like to flow, I also like structure and I like to categorize and make sense of things. So my goal right now is to let that go and, and just continue searching for more interesting things to do. And, and, and if you think about this, this, the creative industry in the Middle East, um, why is that so important? On a personal level, because you know, when I was younger and graduated from high school, I it wasn't it wasn't an option for me to get into the creative industry because it is almost non-existent. Um, the music industry is alive, and it always has been in Kuwait, but the quality uh, of of where it stands isn't isn't where we'd like it to be, and also the diversity within the music industry is not there. It's very much mainstream focused, and. And that also goes to the schooling system. There's, there's no design schools, there's no music schools, there's no art schools. And, and uh, everybody who came back to Kuwait really studied their, their craft and the creative industry from abroad. Which is so, interesting because it feels like the times are really changing. Whether you go to Dubai and see Al-Sarqal, the community there, or whether you look in Saudi, whether where there's a lot of emphasis on creating more creative clusters, creating a creative education, opening up theaters, etc., etc. It feels like the, the time is now for this, right? Yeah, exactly. But it, so I started ten year, we started 10 years ago as an organization. So back then, it was almost non-existent. It was existent in, in, the, in Kuwait, at least, in the 80s and in the 70s. We had, I mean, we had the first radio um, and TV station to open up in the Gulf in the 1960s. And then we had theaters and, and the music industry was thriving. But then it just stopped in the 90s. We were stagnant. And then the schools went down and the quality of the education went down. So, so then we got into this stagnant period. And now there is all of this move towards the knowledge economy and the creative economy. But the infrastructure is not there. And the clusters are so spread apart. Uh, and, and there is no real larger study or evaluation of what is really out there. There's no data, there's, you know, it's just still words in the air. And most of the, 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 the visions of, of these countries are still, in my opinion, a bit, um, you know, as they're kind of top-down ideas, which is great, but there's a lot of details that need to be filled. Uh, there's a lot of mindsets that need to be changed. And there's a lot of infrastructures that need to also be more flexible and adjustable because the, the, the systems right now, whether governmental systems, social systems, or even personal mindsets, are in a rigid state of mind. And in order for us to transition into this creative economy or build this creative industry, um, the mindsets need to be more fluid, more adaptable and malleable and, and open. And I feel like we have still... Um, a lot of more steps to get there. How do you go about changing those mindsets? I believe in dialogue, an open dialogue, and that goes back to freedom of speech um, and education, for sure. So, on this 
topic of the creative industries, we always uh, end our lightning round with two questions. Right. Um, and one question is a suggestion of something cultural that you want to give others, that you want to give to the four listeners that we have this week. <laughs> um, uh, so a book, a song, a piece of music, you can plug your CD. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... It's officially a CD. Okay, it's always a CD, Third time right? it's a CD. I, I'm going to do it. I, we're going to do one just for you. And I'll um, <laughs> I mean, from a... For, from like a branding perspective, starting with start with the why Simon Sinek was a great book, but I'm currently reading Untethered, the Untethered Soul. Um, I feel that's a, it's a, it's a simple. He puts it very simply in a in a way to step out of your mind, and observe how things happen. So, I feel that that was for me was an enjoyable book. Um, a piece of music. Um, I would I would really recommend um, looking into two things and the uh, I wanted some Arabic music recommendations, yeah. so uh, Um Kalthum, um, you know, is a beautiful um, icon that we all look up to in music, and you know her 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 music is is like an hour long, but it's a it's a beautiful journey into into that. And um, my favorite is Fakaruni, which means remind me. That's a beautiful song. Why is it so important? Um, her voice takes it takes you to a different world. Her voice is, is mesmerizing, and and the song itself has so many parts. It's like it's ten mute ten pieces in one, one piece, and it it's that um, depth and range of voice and diversity of the song is uh, I think. For me, it captures something special in the region. And I'm just thinking of your performance actually two days ago. Yeah. Uh, at I think for a festival. How did how did you experience that? I, I'm we're off script here, for a second, but I, I'm really interested to know how it, what what it was like. Have you performed this? When was the last time you performed it? I didn't perform that song specifically. Mm -hmm. This is a new one that my band and I are, are still developing. I kind of improved it, making you know allowing it to come together in a different way without a band, just kind of like an acapella version. So yeah, I was I was very scared before doing that. Like I was nervous and and reluctant, but uh, again, I found that as a flag. You know, okay, if you're afraid and if you're getting anxious, then you should do it. Um, 
but my experience in that storytelling was great. I, I, I mean, I, I, I also did it for myself to let go of a story to, um, and to be in a safe space with, you know, um, even though I don't know most of the people in the room, but there's this level of trust that we gain here. Um, and, um, to allow myself to be vulnerable and also share um, a song to me that was developed um, to, 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 to heal me, to, to heal me and, and allow me to breathe. And um, it was just uh, sharing that was a way also of saying thank you, you know. So it was uh, a great experience. I'm going to remember that as a milestone. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, our last question is whether you have any any kind of rituals or practices that you that you do daily, weekly, monthly. Um, something I do every day to get me started is, um, and and when I when I don't do it, I feel the dissonance in my day, and I, I tune myself in the morning, and I, I do a bit of like five minutes of of um, continuous breathing. And then I do toning, so I just sing one note, um, and just to kind of tone, because sometimes you feel your voice crack, and you're not sticking with the same tone, so that means you're out of tune. So you just tune yourself in the morning, and then you kind of uh, stream through the day. And when I don't do that, I feel a difference. So, yeah. Wow, tuning yourself. Thank you, Usa. Thank you, guys. This is nice. Thanks, Hosa. This has been the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Rod. And my name is Mark. Thanks for tuning in. And today's episode was brought to you by the Compact Disc Association. 